Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Welcome to Fraudsters, Season 3, Fake Abortion Clinics. Let's go. Today ruled that abortion is completely a private matter to be decided by mother and doctor in the first three months of pregnancy. I mean, Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey been reaffirmed many times. And we wanted to find a way to have a heartbeat law that would take effect, that would immediately save little babies' lives. Using high-end internet marketing to reach women who were going online looking for abortion providers. So I went in and I was like, yeah, I would love a free pregnancy test, free STI testing. And they were like, great, you have to fill out this paperwork first. There was a sex ed quiz. They told me that if I have an abortion, I'll get breast cancer. And I may never be able to have children again because abortion causes infertility. Well, we've already seen evidence that these people are willing to use apps, trackers, anything that they can um, to try to figure out whether or not a woman has had an abortion. If that doesn't get you excited, you got to check your pulse because you begin to see the vision of stealing so much business from the abortion industry that you can begin to close their doors, amen? One may smile and smile and be a villain. Welcome back to Fraudsters Season 3. Wow, new intro music. Let's go. I'm Cena Gazdavi at Cena now on social media. Justin Williams at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. Justin, it's so good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. See, I like the new music. That's cool. That makes me want to like go back to the 70s. I want to become a karate pimp that is against the man <laughs> who is bringing drugs to my community. That's it. And it feels like it's like a chase, you know, it's funky. It's us. This is why I feel like we needed a little, we needed like, we needed like 50 plus episodes to figure out who we were. And you know who, who we are as well, Justin, is we are. Key and Bill. <laughs> but they broke up though. I don't want to break up. I don't want to break up. But if we become millionaires, then I'm okay with breaking up. Then I'm okay. <laughs> then I think we'll be cool. Well, today we're going to be talking and we're going to do a series on something kind of insane. These are publicly and privately funded abortion conversion centers that use the latest in digital marketing tactics from AdWords to Yelp reviews to lure women who are actively seeking an abortion and convince them not to. 
by fraud, influence, or guilt. And there are thousands of these faith-based centers. Vulnerable, forgotten women. Exactly. Just like me. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And I wanted to mansplain Ariel for just a moment. But again, much like much like all the women in this country, you just throw your forgotten. I had to just insert myself into this arena. I'm here and ready to talk uh, abortion. Ladies and gentlemen, Ariel Lieti, comedian, actress, and model, is joining us for this series. Oh God, boy. I'm so happy to have oh you on. Boy. I mean, I was going to set it up nicely. Like, of course, Justin and I should not be the only two voices on this show because we're two guys, and that mm. would be very silly. Uh, although we do know the most when it comes to women's reproductive rights, mm. right? That, right, Justin? We do know the most. I think that's... I, I would say that I'm the authority on reproduction <laughs> as a man. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, yeah. Uh, You can see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why we have Ariel on the show because we are. I'll tell you what. I don't know much. I will tell you what. As a woman, they keep us in the dark as well. So I'm I'm learning along with you guys. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, that's true. I know things. I know things. (laughs) I know way more than you guys. (laughs) I'll tell you. But let's get into it here. You know, like uh, around the Dobbs decision. There was a lot more information around reproductive health, like tuned into like my digital sphere. And I heard this interview on a random business podcast where a lawyer was talking about fake abortion clinics. And I was like, well, that can't be real. Where have I been? Surely I could I should have I would have heard about this by now. And then you hear about these trigger laws that went into effect immediately when Dobbs was decided heartbeat laws or or bounty laws. And, and you think like, surely. Surely this can't all be happening. And then I realize I'm an Iranian American and my existence in this country is predicated on a movement that turned a country into a theocracy. So, yes, it can happen in America. And frankly, I think it is happening in America right now. And things were very liberal and progressive in Iran, like just like they were here. We had Obama. Hey. And then look what happened. You know, Mm -hmm. so 40 plus years later, there's still a regime there. We're just in the beginning, I think, of this like weird downward spiral. But hopefully with shows like Fraudsters, we're going to show people we're going to show people how scammy this stuff is so we can make a difference. Maybe. I don't know. I don't don't know. know. We're going to try. Yeah. I mean, Ariel, when did you first hear about these crisis pregnancy centers or these fake abortion? The fake ones? Uh, Only recently, probably like this year when we started talking more about abortion. Um, Yeah. I don't I didn't really know that they were doing that shit. And I'm like, wow, that's a new level of fraudulent. I I had no idea. Also, we live, I live in New Jersey in the Northeast where it's pretty easy to get an abortion. Access is really, it's out there. So I never really considered that it would be that difficult in other places. It's, it's actually in our state constitution. It's actually a constitutional right in New Jersey. Is it? Is that right? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Yes. Look at that. Wow. A little Jersey stand there. I love that. Jersey I love stand that. up. Let's let's go. Bruce Springsteen um, has to play in the recovery room, though. That's <laughs> the catch. That's actually when I got mine. That's what happened. Yeah. Oh, just, okay. He wow. shows up. Just shared that. Okay, thanks for sharing. I don't care. What? Okay. I live in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my constitutional right. God damn it. <laughs> what are we, we supposed to say, for this one? What are we supposed to say when someone says that? What are we supposed to say when someone says that? Quick, congratulations quick, 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 quick. is what you're supposed to say. Yeah. And congratulations. salute me. Braver yeah, than the troops. 
a real American. That's right. <laughs> I think it's important to note, though, how how organized the religious right is in this country. They got their shit so dialed in that that they didn't even have to wait a second after Dobbs was decided. And like all the stuff they wanted just magically happened. The switch flipped and everything happened. And, you know, you may think that like the state legislature or Congress is where the battle is, that we should be voting and that's how we'll solve everything. But it's much bigger and much worse than that. It's a war of influence that's been going on for more than half a century. And there are thousands of these crisis pregnancy centers around the country. They use the same branding, the same font. They even use the same Google AdWords and even some wear white lab coats to make the environment feel like an actual health clinic. Their job is to intercept women before they choose to have an abortion. These centers are publicly funded, privately run, and there is a network of organization and money supporting the entire cottage industry. And of course, there's obviously a bunch of private donors that help these things run. I mean, guys, you know, Justin, we're both dads. I don't know. Did you ever know about these things before? I didn't even understand a lot about reproductive health until my wife got pregnant. Yeah, I I don't really know anything about any of it still, but (laughs) I I know I'm pro I'm pro choice. Just like, just as a basic Well, shit, man, thanks for letting us know. I know, because this would have been awkward, Justin. (laughs) That's how I know. Well, because it's just like obvious that it's like a form of gender apartheid, that it's like the issue that like, because there's no, there's like, there's no scenario which like, if I could have a man out of, uh, you know, like a baby out of my butt, you know? um, You can. Like, guys, we would get that taken out of there, like, with the quickness, you know? Especially like a one night stand and you get a baby in your butt. Yeah. and it's just like it's just like obvious that it's because it's a woman. And like I, mean, I guess we'll talk about this more. Now I'm starting to see the racial part of it. Now now I could tell it's about forcing poor white people to have more children so that they're like not in the like racial minority anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's like a conspiracy element to it too. But yeah, I'm 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 all for it cuz I can only imagine what it what it's like, you know, I you know, I know a lot of single parents and stuff like that and that's like that's a wild thing for somebody to do for 18 years. So Doesn't even stop wild. at 18. Yeah, that's yeah. Eighteen is if you had got a good kid. Yeah, yeah. That, and then that, after eighteen, they just blame you for all the shit you did from zero to eighteen. And it's family <laughs> therapy time. Then yeah. what? <laughs> you know, like we do on this show, we like to try to get the context of like how this all works and how it all started. So when was the first crisis pregnancy center? You know, how is an abortion performed? No, we're not going to go that far. But we will talk about the history of abortions as well. And I think that's, like, important for us to understand because this is like a war that's been happening for a long time. Did you know? No. A little fun trivia for your trivia nights. Egyptians performed all matter of reproductive health services, including abortions. And they learned everything from aliens. So I guess we have them to blame for all this. That's racist. What? What? Yeah, that is racist. They always try to claim the stuff that happened in Africa and Asia. Aliens did it. Oh, and like Latin America. That they can't be smart enough to do it themselves and needed aliens. Interesting. Interesting. Those pyramids, though. Those pyramids. uh, Let's unpack that. Should we unpack this? How did I get here? No, the the black man obviously invented abortion because we have hieroglyphics that show a man um, saying this is not the right time for us. It's just him waving his arms. No, no, no. (laughs) Waving his arms at a vagina. 
Yeah, he has a cat head on, and he's like, "This is it's not the right time." He goes, "He goes, the grain harvest was short last year." We're gonna get canceled for this one. Woo wee! <laughs> the, the ancient I Egyptians. I'm gonna get canceled. Apparently, I'm the one who thinks black people can't invent anything. It's just oh alien. yeah, it did start there. It did start there. You're right. I did. This is. I'll take the hit. You started. But, it. You know, if, if we look at the United States. Before we were united or states, the indigenous people here had health care and they also helped women carry babies to term. And yes, they even performed abortions as well. You know, who else did abortions? Yeah. Pilgrims. The yep. fucking pilgrims, the devout religious pilgrims did abortions. What do you guys I mean, do you think that came up at Thanksgiving? <laughs> the first Thanksgiving it's like, <laughs> probably like, yeah, I mean you're thankful Nancy, for it. Nancy had to get an abortion. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they were thankful for. I mean for. they didn't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it probably wasn't like a like a awkward conversation that they had. Yeah. No, reproductive health like Yeah, we have records of reproductive health. We have uh like records of actually black slaves that either tried to uh tried methods of birth control and then also abortion too because you didn't want to have children like in the context of slavery it's like all kinds of people have been doing like family planning and all the, you know, for forever, you know? Yeah. This ain't new. What's weird is that we're making, we're making it legal as it's now like safe. Like now that we have like, mm, you know, yeah. like medical equipment and things like that, you know, then now we're like, no, now let's not do it. Other people would just use oh, a crazy. stick, you know, word. Michelle Goodwin is a law professor at university of California, Irvine, she spoke with PBS, and we have a little clip to provide a little bit more history and context to all this. Abortion becomes a controversial issue uh, that is ripe then for legislative debate close to the time of the Civil War. And it's at a time in which males are getting involved in reproduction. Prior to that time, nearly 100% of women's reproductive health care had all been done by women and had been done by midwives. So midwives were popular, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, midwives, women then understood the process of how to have a baby helping other women. That makes sense, right, guys? I'm not, I'm not makes sense to me. There. I always do think it's weird when people have male gynecologists. What do you know about my vagina? <laughs> yes, you've gone to school for it, but you don't have one. I always felt that was strange. Why did you go to school yeah. for? I have questions. <laughs> I remember we in middle school there was a buddy whose dad was a OBGYN and we just relentlessly teased him that his dad was a creep. <laughs> I'm not saying they're creepy, you know. I'm just saying I'm looking at you sideways. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so in English common law abortions were legal before something called the quickening, which isn't a reference to Highlander when they chop someone's head off and they absorb the other's powers and continue mm -hmm. to be immortal. I hope we <laughs> Highlander fans out there. Whoa. It's Deep cut. it's actually, there can be actually, only one, which is that's actually all I what know I, about Highlander. When I told my wife about our, <laughs> us having children. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually when the quickening is actually when women feel the fetus move somewhere between the fourth and sixth month of pregnancy. And up until then, all abortions were legal. Only after the quickening, which I still can't get the Highlander stuff out of my mind when I read it. But after the quickening, they were illegal. I mean, this stuff was advertised in the newspaper. Dr. Vandenberg's female renovating pills. Madame Restell provided for ladies who wish to be treated for, quote, obstruction of their monthly periods in New York. Oh, I, so like, her that. Patients, I like that. Yeah, right? So make it a, an actual 
kind of palatable thing. You yeah, know? like rebrand, uh, rebrand abortions. Rebrand it so Make aggressive. Make it cute. All the language yeah. around it. Yeah. Abortion, that's the scary word. <laughs> Interruption <laughs> right? of my monthly cycle. Ooh. Just Interruption it, of like, my moon. Ooh. Hey, ladies, mm. you want to command alt delete that that fetus? Come that's on right. in, you know? You want to evict that? Ooh. You want to get her <laughs> out of there? Ooh. So, but to <laughs> Madame Ristel. <laughs> This is exactly nice. how I thought this was going to go, so I'm very happy. So, <laughs> so to like, you know, Madame Ristel's patience, she was an actual hero, right? But the press called her the abortionist of Fifth Avenue. Jesus, that sounds fancy, huh? It does. Uh, but, but Fifth Avenue, very fancy, high, great real estate. Uh, but what do you know? People around the country responded very positively. They created their own clinics to help women all across the country with their reproductive health. What's interesting here is that in 1847, guys, a diverse group of indigenous people, Middle Eastern people, African-American, Latinx, LGBTQIA, these people formed the original American Medical Association. Hmm. Interesting. Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't know that 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 There was always a very diverse group of people. If that doesn't make sense, that's because it does not, because it was, of course, formed by a group of white men. Oh, so, right, I, I, getting... I was fooled. I was like, wow, we, were, we used to be different in this America. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so of course not. Well, they didn't even acknowledge any of these groups existing, I think. Middle, uh, Middle Eastern? I forget about it. No, there was no problem. There was nothing. They didn't call them Middle Eastern people back then. In the 18th, they probably called them Celestials or something like that. Aliens. Aliens. So this group of white men wanted to push for laws to make it illegal for midwives to perform abortions. Okay, they probably thought we can't have these wannabe lady doctors taking our work. At that time, there was also a push to outlaw abortion because there was a growing fear of foreign non-white immigration and declining birth rates among white Protestants. Well, so let's go back now. <laughs> what do you know? Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. Wow. What's old <laughs> is go- new again. <laughs> let's go back to Michelle Goodwin and PBS. It was deeply racial, tying into the fact that the nation was soon to be at war and that there were tensions that were already building with abolitionists saying these are horrible things that we see taking place in the antebellum South. And so they connected a racist impact to that too, saying that white women needed to use their loins and go north, south, east, and west because of the potential browning of America. Damn. Yeah. Well, that that's a uh, that. yeah. That's pretty common stuff throughout the Americas. I mean, it's it's especially bad in Latin America. It's the only time you'll ever see they actually open their borders to Europe. And allow them and encourage them to come have sex with the population in order to whiten their population. Yeah, Argentina and Brazil what? and Chile and none of these places actually look like that. They were actually basically African countries until you get to like uh, the 1940s because they all opened their borders uh, because of the idea is independent countries. They couldn't be civilized without white people. It's the only time you ever find open borders, have sex with our population as much as possible, immigration policies. And it's all across the Americas. But we had a white majority here, so it's actually about keeping other people out holy shit i had no idea about that it's funny because my wife cosmo and i will talk about like how do we how does 
racism gets solved in America. And I was just like, everyone's just got to have sex with each other. We just got to no. like make everyone. No, that's but that's apparently, not it. <laughs> that's no, apparently no. not it. That's no, not that's possible. Like, no, that, that's Latin American racism because yeah. if every, if everyone has sex, then then uh, they're basically you blur all the racial categories and mm. you're like, why is that black guy poor? And it's like, well, he doesn't know he's black. He thinks he's mulatto, mm. and he's then he's like, oh, I want to form God. the Black People Association, but everybody's like, oh well, no, I'm mixed. And then there's no mm. civil rights movement and the black people just stay poor. And there's like never a black president, even in country like what Bolivia, they got an indigenous president, what, like 2008. And it's like 80 percent indigenous or something. Oh, <laughs> just oh my Lord. Latin America is really way worse than was, here. Yeah. I thought my idea was like very nice and sweet, but apparently. No, <laughs> no, Cena. Having people start Damn. bucking like cattle? That was your that was your answer. <laughs> I Let's love, fix racism. Love, Ari. I want love. Everyone to love each other. That's the bad. I'm idea. in an interracial relationship. I wanted other people to have that love too. Oh, oh boy. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I can't win. I no. cannot win. So between the end of the Civil War in nineteen ten, abortions were banned. In all states, except in cases where either the life of the mother or the viability of the fetus was at risk. Hmm. Hmm. That's actually uh, somewhat more liberal than like Oklahoma's current law. Word. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Terrifying. Late 1800s, observers estimated that each year there were roughly 2 million abortions. So even... Despite those laws and like that time period being a lot more religious than it is today, abortions still occurred and they were dangerous at times. Back alley abortions happened. So obviously this is dangerous and the procedure is not done correctly. People would suffer. And when people suffer for long enough, there are going to be other people that are going to say, this is fucking crazy. We're going to help them. And the sentiment of the country starts to change. More and more people were exposed to the stories of suffering of others. And this came to a head in the 60s where a children's TV show host named Sherry Chesson Finkbein, not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but she took some medicine to help with morning sickness. And after consulting with a doctor, she thought that her fetus was damaged, but her life wasn't at risk. So she couldn't get an abortion in the U.S. So she went to Sweden and it was all over the news. Imagine if abortion was illegal countrywide today. I guess we're kind of like that. We're close. Lightly. We're close. Like, yeah. We're like, like light. Like what? Yeah. A third, a third of the country. It's like roughly now. Yeah. Yeah. And so imagine it's like way worse than it is now. So imagine everywhere. And a young Katie Couric thought her fetus was damaged after speaking with her doctor and went to another country to have a procedure done. What do you guys think America would think? Mm. I mean, I it know. depends on what part of America we're talking about. Because now if you're talking about the states where it's illegal, it, it almost feels like those – well, I actually – I can't speak for those states because I was going to say it almost feels like those states want it that way. The people, I, I'm not really – I don't know. Can't say. But – I feel like here we'd be like, that's a shame that she has to go all the way to another country to get something that should be here. We're a first world country. And mm-hmm. like, I feel like the people would say that here. It's like America's sweetheart. Justin, what do you think? Um, Yeah, there'd be it. I mean, I think what's, what's sort of interesting about this debate is that I think there is the element of American pride to where anytime Americans are fleeing the country for medical procedures, 
that's where people that might be opposed to abortion actually might kind of soften up a little bit because they know that that's just like not a good look for mm. a developed country. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's kind of one part of it. And then I think the other part of it would be it'd make for some interesting banter with Michael Strahan on like a morning show. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your co-host? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, Katie Couric's out this week. She's in Sweden getting um, a small procedure done. <laughs> An eviction. What did we rebrand it to? Eviction. Something cute. He's command command alt delete. Yeah. yeah. Get rid of this. Getting that baby uh, sacked. That's Mike, what this <laughs> Michael... What uh, Michael Strahan would say. (laughs) But for Sherry at that time, there was a Gallup poll that went out and 52 percent of Americans polled said she did the right thing. Yeah. So I don't know what the sample size was. I don't know what the question, how it was phrased, all that stuff. Right. I'm not sure if they only talked to New Yorkers. But what I am sure, though, is that it's insane for someone to have to go to a foreign country to get a procedure done that we could do in America. And again, you know. Si se puede. Yes, we can become Handmaiden's Tale. It can happen here, folks. She should have just gone to Jersey. Yeah. It's in the Constitution. It's in the Constitution. Uh, gotta be like, you need an abortion? Forget about <laughs> it. <laughs> you get a sub sandwich. You get the abortion. What do you want? Some mutts. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> a, a gabagool and a baby oh, fool. <laughs> in the background, we have the Sopranos playing. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, but you know, <laughs> oh my lord! Much like the, uh, you know, much like the laws of physics that we all understand, for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction, right? So the '60s saw a huge shift in the sentiment towards reproductive health and rights, but the opposite was happening as well. In 1967, a guy named Robert Pearson established the first crisis pregnancy center after Hawaii repealed their laws criminalizing abortion. So now, surely, guys, surely this man meant to help women, to give them the care and the thoughtful advice that they would need. No. Here's what he actually said when he started his first center. This is a quote. Obviously, we're fighting Satan. A killer in this case is the girl who wants to kill her baby, and she has no right to information that will help kill her baby. That is a Whoa. that's a fucking tweet and a half right there. That is a hell of a fucking thing to say. And it's not a baby. It's, that's the thing. We got like it's cells. Uh, it's a clump of cells. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a cl- it's a smoothie. And yeah. uh and and here's how I know because even those people, I'm like, okay, then you want to have you know a funeral for every miscarriage, and they're like, no, and they yeah. don't go, oh, yeah. little Tyler, you know, whatever. It's it's nothing yet. So. I just want to push back against that rhetoric when you tell me say it's a baby. It's not like you're pulling yeah. a baby out by the ankle because, you know, that's what a lot of yeah. Americans no. think. They're just like, a, that's <laughs> yeah. And that's what like the, that's like the disinformation campaign that, yeah. that happens. Right. They, they yeah. try to make this baby into even those like weird posters and stuff. I went one time to help escort women at a um, health clinic in Jamaica, Queens one time. One day I did that, and I almost got into like three fights because these protesters would come up to these women. They're just trying to get, maybe not an abortion, just get like a checkup, right? It was just a women's health clinic. And they were just in their faces with these huge posters with like fetuses on them and stuff. And these 
weren't even fetuses. They were like, it was like a 30-year-old man inside of a womb. And they were like, do you want to abort this baby? <laughs> it had teeth, what you hair, the what? <laughs> and he like a speech bubble that was like, you know, save me. And it was like, what are you talking, what is this? How is this real? And they would man. come and they would try to block me. And I'm like, I pushed a guy. And then they were like, there was all this kind of hubbub. I was like, I don't think I have the right you know, brain or heart for this stuff. I'm too fiery. I'll just get into a fight. I just want to say this on the air. If you protest at an abortion clinic or just like a woman's health clinic or whatever, you are like the, you are the craziest person in society. Uh, and, and I have to say that now because I have to remind people that those people actually used to bomb uh, abortion clinics and bomb abortion Word. doctors' homes. So, like, literally this all checks out. But it's just, like, wild, too. I like the context of it in New York City because they all stepped over, like, you know, hundreds of homeless people to get to that protest. They, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, they don't care about those people. But the unborn. The unborn yeah, clump yeah. of cells. Of <laughs> I was going to say, if you are the kind of person that does that protesting in front of an abortion clinic, you're probably a virgin. Yeah. There you go. So that's a definite. That's my my virgin statement by, on the subject. Virgin by choice, Ariel. Oh, you're right. You're right. Nothing wrong with being a virgin, I guess. Except that if you're that kind of virgin, then get out of here. Hey, any fraudsters, virgin fans out there, hit us up at fraudsters LPN. Hit, hit us up on our Discord. We'll link in bio. No virgin shaming except for that virgin. <laughs> so creepy. Virgin All virgins, text us on the community one. <laughs> Here's my personal phone number, virgins. Oh. <laughs> Step forward. Oh, that's so gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't get the, the obsession with virgins. You know, I like an experienced hand. Okay, yeah, let's absolutely. move on. We need to move on. <laughs> <laughs> there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Brobble. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison to prior classic burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Thank God Ariel's here. So I, I miss Justin. 
<laughs> What's crazy, though, guys, is that this this guy, Robert Pearson, wasn't some sort of Harvard-educated Ted Cruz-like mastermind, right? He wasn't well-versed in the art of deception by any means. He was just a Catholic carpenter who was activated. And he built more rooms in his family's home to house women that, could, that he would intercept into his system, which is, I guess, a little creepy. He provided training sessions, pamphlets, slideshows, all the ingredients you need to create your own crisis pregnancy center for other people. He simply believed this whole reality distortion field so much that he was able to create the first center and spread it to the mainland. And not only did he create it, but he created a manual to train other people on how to deceive women that came into these centers. Now, pro-lifers that support these centers will say that that's not their job anymore, that they don't deceive anymore. But we'll show you over the course of this series that this is exactly what their job is, to deceive and create a disinformation campaign against women seeking, actually seeking an abortion. Now, I didn't find the actual manual. I found a bunch of uh, documents that reference this manual, and it's 93 pages, so it's definitely more than a pamphlet. And it urges people that are creating these centers to build them near abortion clinics, preferably in the same building. Now, what's also crazy, guys, is that I didn't find these on necessarily anti-pro-life sites, right? I, a lot of these pro-life sites that that speak to this, they tell on themselves. They're proud of this manual that said to set up shop inside the same building as an abortion clinic, right? Or as a women's at a at a reproductive health clinic. In the manual, he even suggests using a name that is neutral or even pro-abortion, such as Pregnancy Problem Center. <laughs> or, or, that is a red flag. Ain't nobody going to name right? it that. No. I thought it would be good. It's like there was another one called, Oops, what's that in my tummy playground? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this is from the manual now. Than, okay, so This is better than naming it Yankums. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a food place, like a wing, yeah, sl- a get- wing stop. Yeah. Wingstop should be the name of an abortion clinic. <laughs> um, I have an abortion and then a dozen of lemon pepper. <laughs> Doctor diagnosed that you take three of these Korean wings in the morning <laughs> to recover from your abortion. <laughs> it's the herbs and spices that really get it out. Oh yeah. lord. <laughs> <laughs> No one will tell you what those herbs and spices are. Though. Oh man, that's, that's so dumb. We make okay, our sorry. we make our wings with hot pepper, sriracha, <laughs> chlorotrizidine. <laughs> that's the secret ingredient. Don't be telling our secret ingredient now. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, okay, so this is from the manual now as well. He would go on to explain. If the girl who would be going to the abortion chamber sees your office first with a similar name, she will probably come into your center. The best part of this is that the abortion chamber is paying for advertising to bring that girl to you. How about the chamber? The what is chamber? chamber? Oh, oh. oh I'm not going to a chamber. Oof. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Clutch my pearls. Right. That's he goes like on a... to say stuff like if a woman calls and asks if they do abortions – he says, 
Don't y'all answer. do abortions? What? <laughs> hey, what? hey, y'all doing abortions down there today? Hey, hey, can I get a hey. dozen wings? And, and do you guys happen to do abortions as well? <laughs> I need my oil changed, my tires rotated. And I'll get one of them abortions you got on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> one of them those, those abortions you got going on. Tell me about those. I've got a Groupon for all these abortions. I think. <laughs> I got the special that uh, if I get an abortion, I can get something of equal or lesser value. <laughs> <laughs> I hate oh, it. Morning. I hate this. This is awful. This is not this good. Is this is bad. <laughs> uh, so he would go, he would say, so this is how he would direct people in his pamphlet to talk on the phone with women. He'd say, don't answer that question if they do abortions. Instead, take control of the conversation by asking questions like, have you had a pregnancy test? And persuading them to come into the center. He even says as an alternative, say, anything you need, we do here. And, you know, uh, I'm going to put in a clip, I think, maybe later. Pearson may have started in Hawaii, but he came to the mainland working from St. Louis, then Arkansas. And according to some of the stuff I've read, he may have opened as many as 300 centers in his lifetime. So there's the blueprint, and it hasn't changed that much, but it has gotten better, better at being a fraud, right? Better at scamming. And up until Roe, the Catholics were the one who cared about, cared the most about abortion. But after Roe, the evangelicals got involved. And, you know, they're, like, very motivated. They're like the fucking decentralized fucking maniacs of this Mm -hmm. whole thing. Oh, I forgot. I got to go find a preacher. Oh, I got to find a preacher. That would actually be pretty easy. Yeah, Yeah. I I can do it for you right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I won't. So now we're at Roe, 1973 Supreme Court. Jane Roe was actually Norma McCorby. She was a Texan in her early 20s, and she wanted to terminate an unwanted pregnancy in 1969. Now, in Texas, you could get an abortion, but only if it was to save a woman's life. That was not the issue for McCorby. Her life was not at risk. She was unable to get an illegal abortion as well and got referred to two lawyers. They sued Henry Wade, the district attorney of Dallas County, who was in charge of that abortion law, was the Wade in Roe v. Wade. So the Supreme Court heard this case in 1971 and didn't make the decision until January 22nd, 1973. It was a seven to two decision. Justice Harry Blackman said that under the 14th Amendment, and I'll tell you the 14th Amendment here, we're going to get a little legal here. It'll be fun, though, guys. Come with me. So the 14th Amendment. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law nor deny any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Okay, lots happening in the 14th Amendment. I'm not going to go into too much of it, but interestingly enough, I didn't know this, the court actually made rules for abortion. So I didn't know this at the time when I before, but you know, the Supreme Court, by the way, at this time, is still just a group of men. Thurgood Marshall was not white, but it, so it wasn't a group of white men, but it was still just a group of men literally making the rubric of how abortion should run in the country, which is like, 
<laughs> it just blows my mind. By the way, Sandra Day O'Connor wouldn't get on the court until 1981. Reagan appointee, though, so it would be a while. So we got a group of guys doing, I guess, what is kind of the right thing here. But they said in the first trimester that abortion was going to be completely up to the woman. In the second trimester, the government could regulate it but not ban abortions to protect the mother. In the third trimester, the government could prohibit abortion to protect the fetus that could survive outside the womb, except when the mother's health is in danger. Okay. The one thing we learned in law school and stuff was that the right of privacy, that is the sum of the 14th Amendment and other parts of the Constitution, created this fundamental right of the right of privacy. And that's how they ruled in Roe v. Wade. Now, again, I'm not an expert in that case, so I'm not going to get into it, but I'll provide you what I think is actually a better constitutional rationale for not regulating abortion. Okay. Justin, you're a father. I'm a father. Would you say that it was work for your wife to have a child from conception to birth? Would you call uh, that work? Uh, Not for me. The night after my birthday... It was pretty much smooth sailing for me for the next nine months. Uh, for my wife, it was a lot of work, though, because, you know, she had a person inside of her. I think it was the night. It's your birthday. You conceived on your birthday? Yeah, it was my birthday in Buffalo, New York. I got caught, got caught slipping after a couple of wine coolers. The baby was conceived uh, on Four loco. I hate it here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ariel, I know you don't have it, but you would consider work to have a baby, right? You consider that some sort of work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That seems like work I don't want to do. Therefore, I do not do it. Work you do not even want to do. Okay, that makes sense. It looks very stressful. Just the the, the actual, like, if the kids are already popped out or whatever, that seems, like, nice, I guess. But the actual, like, nine months of carrying it seems crazy. I don't know how y'all do it. And by y'all, I mean delicious. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I felt so seen for a second there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I would just look at her. I would just look at her. I go, like on the couch, I just look over and I go, man, that looks uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. As you, as you place the bowl of popcorn on her tummy. Yeah, yeah. I could see Justin doing that. <laughs> Your titties get all big. That's heavy. <laughs> well, not even that. It's like other shit that happens. So I like yeah. work on people's bodies for a living, but that sounds crazy. I wax people. So I see all kinds of body parts and things. And mm-hmm. I had a lady recently who I've only heard of this. I've never seen it before that the milk ducks direct themselves into your armpits. And then you yeah. have like arm titties and you have to get it surgically removed and it's painful. Wow, so that's, that's just insane. like a thing that can happen as a side effect Holy of shit. getting pregnant. You could also get discoloration all over your body, a really dark neck and stomach, weird shit that happens to you that nobody talks about and that it's really not fun or a miracle. So, And Ariel, did any of these women that you've talked to that have had this happen, did they get paid for any of this stuff? Oh, no, nobody's getting paid. They're at a deficit. No. Now, now, keep in mind, this is all, um, you know, she mentioned all those things that can happen. But let's think about what is assured will happen. A human head will come out of your vagina. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. <laughs> that is assured. Yes. So that's a lot of work Terrifying. that you don't get paid for, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's we'll like see where this house. fun little, this little example is going. If the state says <laughs> you can't have an abortion, and we have proven that to have a baby, it's work. And that a woman has to do work for free. 
then she's doing free work. Unpaid labor. Ordered by the state. Mm. I think we've called that something before. Being a woman? Oh, close. Slavery. Oh, slavery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, and what did you know, though, guys? We have an amendment that says slavery is no good. It's a 13th Amendment. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So let's break this well, down very quickly. It Go sounds ahead. to me Ariel, like please. it sounds to me like the religious right has decided that a woman having sexual relations is a crime. It's exactly yes. right. right. Therefore, but that is that is the crime. And even before that even happens, let's say they even have the sexual relations and they even think about having the abortion or want mm -hmm. or attempt to have the abortion where it's illegal. Mm -hmm. You could get arrested by committing that crime and then a jury has to convict you of this crime and then your punishment would then would be to carry this fetus to term. So Ellie Mistel talks about that in his book. Allow me to retort. And he also brings up that women can also die during childbirth, which is something we forgot to mention as well, oh, which true. is also fucking yeah. insane. And one of the yeah. biggest fears that I had when my wife was in labor. It's like, what? This is crazy. How? It's why did we thing. we did this thing? And you could die like I signed up for you. This new guy's coming in. Yeah, this new guy's coming in here. I don't even know who he is yet. But don't get me wrong. <laughs> I like that the court realized in Roe that there was a fundamental right to privacy. That makes a lot of sense. But literally forcing a woman to do something that we call labor for free without being punished for a crime is slavery. It's unconstitutional. It is the clearest argument to make when it comes to abortion. And I, you know, I don't know who all the people that listen to the show, but I would love if one dude out there who's a pro-life or even a woman out there who's pro-life or any person that's pro-life, tell me that when the state says you have to give birth, it's not labor. I could be convinced if they want to come back and say, all right, let's pay the women to have the baby. And then you'll have all these fiscal conservatives <laughs> saying like all these welfare moms are having babies. And then yeah. fuck the Mormons will be the richest people in America. We can't yeah. have this people. <laughs> You'd have to pay me a lot. Well, it's it's the reason why we don't have like paid family leave and things like that in this country. And even if you do have it, it's like way shorter than what you have in other developed countries, right? Because it's like nobody actually wants to have women to have the economic autonomy yeah. around reproduction, right? It's like they want them to be struggling and like tied to a man. Mm. So crazy. All right, we're gonna get get into the Dobbs right after this break. <laughs> This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo, and in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Augerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. People think the new fresh fragrances from Glade are fresher than fresh. Like artist Angela. go on a journey to the pier by the sea. Take a small vacation, dance under sun-soaked trees. Very close, take me far to where I want to be. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. All right, welcome back, everybody. Justin's here. Ariel's here. We're rocking out. We're do going over the history of abortion, and we did Roe. We talked about the first crisis pregnancy center, but now we got to Dobbs. And we'll see now that over time, anti-abortion activists have slowly been able to change laws. Grassroots theocracy. If you look at a Gallup poll over time, at least 50% of the country believe that abortion should be legal under certain circumstances since Roe. Basically, only a short time in the early 90s did this dip to 48%. Today, 50% believe it should be legal under certain circumstances, and 35% believe it should be legal under any circumstances. So that's 85% of the country believes in some form of abortion. And 13% believe it should be illegal in all circumstances. I wanted to call this 13% the Taliban 13 because I think it sounds real good. But then, Justin, you you flagged me on something that was interesting. Yeah. So I actually wanted to look up how conservative our laws were uh, in like your relationship to other religious conservative like uh, regimes around the world. And actually in Saudi Arabia, I believe abortion is allowed in cases of rape, incest or a threat to the mother's life, which actually makes it more liberal than some of the state laws that are being proposed and passed in the United States. <laughs> Wild. That's crazy. And under Islam, right? Abortion is actually permitted in what was it? The first what? 120 days? days. 120 yeah. days. Yeah. Hmm. I know where I'm going for my next abortion. Ooh. <laughs> Fallujah. <Here we laughs> Fallujah. <come>. Cheaper, <laughs> safer, cleaner. Oh, sure. Lordy. Yeah, you made, as my dad would say about going to Iran, you can go to Iran, but you may not come back. So <laughs> you may just. By choice. Hello. By, oh, yeah. yeah, it's pro choice slavery over there. <laughs> uh, so this is how we get to Dobbs. So whereas in Roe, Wade was the actual district attorney who was in charge of the abortion law, here in Dobbs, Thomas Dobbs is just the state health officer. So, so he was named in the case because that's how you have to sue. I mean, 
I, you know, I don't know this guy's politics. I don't know where he stands, but I kind of do feel bad that he is now just infamous in this case. And his kids probably get ridiculed all the time. I mean, what do you guys think? Wouldn't this be awful if it was like Leati versus the United, United like Women's Health Center or whatever? Yeah, it wouldn't be great. Would not be great. Yeah, I would not want that. My dad would never. <laughs> Now, in Dobbs, again, we're not going to get too much into the case itself here because I'm not an expert in this stuff. But again, 13th Amendment, see above, right? That's all you should need. But in Dobbs, the health clinic sued because Mississippi passed a law called the Gestational Age Act, which said, quote, except in a medical emergency or in the case of a severe fetal abnormality, a person shall not intentionally or knowingly perform or induce an abortion of an unborn human being if the probable gestational age of the unborn human being has been determined to be greater than 15 weeks. Whew. I love the uh, I love the new phrase in it, unborn human being. It's like, is it a human or not like a like it's just like preemptive categories in language. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. All to try to influence. It's super weird. So one way to look at this is that, yes, Mississippi's Jackson Health Organization sued because they believe this violated Roe. But you can look at it more cynically and say that Mississippi baited the health clinics of its state to sue them because they knew if it went to the Supreme Court, they had the best chance ever of winning. Long story short, because Republicans have been able to shoehorn frauds into the Supreme Court, they won. Honestly, listen to last season's series on the NRA. Conservatives in this country are organized and they play the long game. They're good at this shit. They are. Progressives, we can't even get out of the week without eating our own. I'm not saying don't stand up for what you believe in. I'm, I'm just saying this is the reality of this country. Okay? Like, it's just, it's insane. We can't fall in lockstep, which is, I guess, a good thing to a certain extent. But it also means this shit happens, right? Yeah. It means you're like, uh, you're, you're, you're always just undercutting anybody who tries to do good because they didn't do perfect. And meanwhile, conservatives will stick by literally anyone <laughs> Yeah. And keep yeah. them in a position of power. <laughs> I mean, perfect is the enemy of good here. And just to like get a real button on this thing, Brett, let me check my sexual assault calendar. Kavanaugh, uh, when he was doing his confirmation hearing, uh, he said this. If this isn't the most fucking scammy, fraudulent thing I've ever heard, I don't know what is. Did you say your position today? is on a woman's right to choose. Well, as a judge. As a judge. As a judge, it is an important precedent of the Supreme Court. By it, I mean Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Been reaffirmed many times. Casey is precedent on precedent, which itself is an important factor to remember. And I understand the significance of the issue the jurisprudential issue, and I understand the significance as best I can, I always try and I do here, of the real world effects of that decision as I try to do of all the decisions of my court and of the Supreme Court. There's Brett Kavanaugh fucking lying through his fucking teeth. Was he lying Absolute or did he president? say nothing at all? <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't say I'm going to respect the precedent. He just says it exists. Yeah. Uh, precedent on precedent all the supreme court is is just ruling on precedent and if yeah. you if you go against precedent it has to be huge it has to be like 
very well sourced. It has to be like the most unequivocal reason to do it, right? And they all fucking did it. They all flipped it. They even saying precedent on precedent is just such a the biggest middle finger to jurisprudence I can ever imagine, right? It's you're saying it's like it would be next to impossible for us to overrule Roe, and then he did it in just a fucking a blink of an eye. Well, he also said that uh, the Devil's Triangle was a drinking game, so you knew you couldn't trust anything <laughs> he said. And those, I, I was just like, it's not. I was like, yeah, because I don't weigh in on, you know, like, you know, one of those things when I'm like, I, I gave him a, a shot, you know what I mean? I was like, I want to see, you know, are you lying or not about the, you know, the lady that came forward and everything. And I was like, I, I gave him an open mind until he said that thing about a three way. I knew immediately that he was just going to go up there and lie at that point. Oh, and when he yelled in the beginning, that also gave it away. When he oh, came yeah. out like yelling. I was like, That's oh, this guy is piece of piece of trash, you know. Yeah, fraudsters will do that, right? They will <laughs> double down on their scam and scream at everybody, get super defensive and yell, and they're they're the they're the victim. They'll play the victim. Yeah, you know what? I imagine this alternative future where you know it's going to sound weird. It's not. It's not a defense of Brett Kavanaugh, but him doing the right thing would not make him Supreme Court justice. Still, like, if he, what if he came out during this thing and he said, you know what? I was uh, young, I was drunk in the eighties, I was entitled and things, and in my years, I've learned what I've done. So I want to apologize to you, ma'am, for what I've done and playing a part in that. And all I can promise is that as a Supreme Court justice, I'm going to do the right thing in the future. Like. That wouldn't, you know, like there's no future in which uh, we can like actually uh, this is just a side note. We can't really like be good (laughs) in politics because then no one accepts it. Right. Then Trump dumps him. Then like liberals would never accept his apology, even if it was sincere. You know what I mean? Like because it's like, oh, we got him. You know what I mean? Rather than. So that's just what's weird about politics. Like he almost he had to lie, but it was so scummy and obvious that he was lying. But they're very much like yeah. stand by their man regardless. So maybe what if somebody played the game a little different and told the truth and was like, yeah, I did that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Would would they oh, probably they stand? Him. No, they stand by their man. That's their vibe. Well, no, because the because liberals would be like uh, moral clarity. And what he did was and it was also a serious allegation, too. So, it's oh, yeah, like, this is you bad. Know. we're not making light. Of yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Not making light of it. But so, but liberals would never accept. It's like it's like, you know, liberals won't ever accept it. Uh, there's a segment of liberals that won't accept an apology or even like behavior that's not all the way bad when it comes to this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like I would say, look at like the Aziz Ansari case, I think would be a good mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, example mm-hmm. of that. But then conservatives will dump anybody who's not just like the worst person in the world. You have to quadruple down on everything. Okay. I hear yeah. you. Like, yeah, no, there's no sensitivity what? in the Trump administration. <laughs> okay. It's it's be a man. What's that, uh, there was that one, it was like a Louisiana governor. He was like, I can be governor unless I end up with a dead woman or a live boy in my head. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Oh my God, yeah. who said that? That's a real That's quote. I gotta crazy. find that. Someone, yeah. someone at Fraudsters LPN, tell me the, who said that quote. I remember that very was quick. That, I, I, was, I gotta was, find that. Was, uh, was that Yui Long, the, the great political yeah. machine? guy something like that yeah i gotta find out who that was but that That's i was like crazy. that is a perfect summation of That's- of like the one line that i think i think if like happened to like a republican person they'd be like all right all right you're you done. caught me yeah no but it's not even me. It's not even the woman thing anymore because it's like Herschel Walker's got side babies. Word. And uh, oh, yeah. what's his name was a molest. Roy Moore was like a molester of girls. Yes. And they're still oh, yeah. stuck by that And they guy. were like, that's my man. 
Yeah. yeah. It, it's gotten bad now to where it's like you could probably have a dead body. And yeah. all you'd have to say was PC culture. And then they would be like, oh, cool. It's cool that you have a dead body. <laughs> I don't want to be politically incorrect, but that murdered corpse wasn't mine. It had nothing to do with me. That's that was just in my vicinity. Who yeah. amongst us has not had who, who a corpse? It? It's almost Halloween, right, y'all? Come on. It's just a little locker room talk about that corpse. All right. So post Dobbs now. Okay, we're now running this post Dobbs world. And Dobbs is a lot of the land, and a lot of the states had trigger laws that went into effect immediately when the case was decided. But remember, this stuff has been going on for a while, and there were heartbeat laws that were that were up. But I think one thing I want to say about the like the trigger laws is like again, the religious right is so organized; they didn't have to wait a second before Dobbs was decided, and they got to remove reproductive rights from women in this country. I mean, the only time I'm this organized is when I'm ordering two junior bacon cheeseburgers, Biggie Fry, and a five piece chicken nugget, and a Dr Pepper at Wendy's. That's it. That's as much as I can do. <laughs> and I wonder why we're losing this battle. <laughs> I've never been organized like that, even for Wendy's. Really? Is it too personal a question? What did you get to eat after you had an abortion? Uh, IHOP. Great question. Yeah. I really wanted an IHOP. And I don't even like IHOP, but there was something in me. The baby wanted it. I wanted an IHOP breakfast with all the fixings. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I wanted. I wanted a platter from IHOP. It's not me. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) That was the baby. <laughs> the unborn human. God, where are we? I, well, I don't in, know. In New Jersey, where we allow this sort of behavior. This, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Great question, Justin. Has a, has a special post-op table for women. <laughs> oh, for real. I wanted their like they have a chewy kind. You know their bacon is like not quite right. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what the baby wanted. The bacon the not quite not... right bacon. That not quite cooked. <laughs> That's it was a metaphor. How did you order the right. eggs? <laughs> no, no, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. Over easy, like, baby. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> did they say that to every omelet Scramble. is an abortion? What? <laughs> every omelet is an abortion. I heard that. That's that's Lord. true. We should okay. make a, th- a song next episode. So Texas by the way, is probably the state that's gotten the most attention because their heartbeat law went into effect in September of 21, well before Dobbs. And because of Dobbs, there's very little way for it to be overturned ever, unless some other case gets up to the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. And in Texas, I, abortion... Oh, I just wanted to uh, say that the word heartbeat, too. I've, seen, I've also read doctors say that that's not... Like, like, when they say heartbeat, you're thinking a whole heart has formed. But it's actually mm. like a, a like a, enough cells that can make like a vibration. It's not like an actual heart. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. There's not like a full heart. It's moving things. There's a there's an engine that's starting to move blood around the mm-hmm. fetus, of course, right? And so abortions are banned if if a fetus has a detectable heartbeat, which is this what you just described, right? Mm-hmm. And abortion, the only way you can get an abortion in Texas is if the woman's life is at risk. So I guess like a telephone pole in the chest or something sticking out. And they're like, okay, now we'll abort the fetus. There's also a bounty component to this law. And we're going to tie this all back in, I promise, right? So district attorneys in Texas and across the country said that we're not going to enforce a heartbeat law 
pretty much to Justin's point because they saw the data and they saw the evidence and they saw exactly what these heartbeat laws really mean. And this is a letter from July of 2022. Not all of us agree on a personal or moral level on the issue of abortion, but we stand together in our firm belief that prosecutors have a responsibility to refrain from using limited criminal legal system resources to criminalize personal medical decisions. As such, we decline to use our office's resources to criminalize reproductive health decisions and commit to exercising our well-settled discretion and refrain from prosecuting those who seek, provide, or support abortions. When these Texas legislatures see that DAs aren't going to prosecute the law, they have to figure out a way around the prosecutor. So they make a civil penalty part of the law. So that means person to person. Okay, so they're allowing people in Texas to say, if I hear about a doctor or nurse or anyone helping someone get an abortion, there's a civil penalty. The law allows for damages in the amount of not less than $10,000 for each abortion that the defendant performed or induced. Okay, so here's how we connect this all back, because there's a civil penalty here, which means that information about someone who either is getting an abortion or wants to get an abortion is performed. That means the information around that is extremely valuable. And when a woman enters a crisis pregnancy center, thinking that it's just a health clinic of some kind, there's an intake process, just like you would go to the doctors, except this isn't a medical clinic. And they gather your name, your address, your phone number, all of these important pieces of identifiable information. And normally, in a health clinic, there are laws called HIPAA laws that protect the type of identifiable information that we're talking about. But if you willingly give it to someone that's dressed in a lab coat, that looks like a doctor, and you think it's private, but it's really not, then you have no recourse. So these crisis pregnancy centers aren't regulated by HIPAA because they're not providing you any sort of medical service. They're just providing you shitty advice. And in a place <laughs> like Texas, that information can get funneled to pro-life advocacy groups, and they can follow you and track you and target your phone with directed ads, and let's say you do end up getting an abortion, they will find out, and that information can now be weaponized. Here's Ellie Mistel actually talking about another way that women in other states have been held liable for abortions. In Alabama, what's going to happen in Missouri is they are already trying to restrict the right of women to travel, right, to go to other states, Illinois, New York, California, to get uh, uh, services, right? So once they, if they can't directly restrict their right to travel, they can- How will they know though? How will they know that they've gone to, to New York to get an abortion? Well, we've already seen evidence that these people are willing to use apps, trackers, anything that they can um, to try to figure out whether or not a woman has had an abortion. Remember, one of the most uh, disgusting things that is going to happen because of this decision is that women who have miscarriages will now be investigated as criminals by white Republican men. 
So the, the, the horror of this decision kind of doesn't stop. But what's going to happen in states is that they're going to say that there is a now conspiracy to commit a crime by going across state lines to receive an abortion. And that conspiracy happens in the state you live in, not in the state where you go get the services. So there are lots of different ways that the states can go and, 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 and punish people who go seek services, right? Yeah, it's the creation of like a sort of a religious police. And what's sort of interesting is the juxtaposition against uh, how far – in order to even enforce these laws, it creates the largest form and most invasive form of government for people that claim that they want small government, right? Yeah. So it's it's you know sort of the irony of like the, the, the Republican Party doesn't even like attempt to even claim small government anymore right it's like the government is now literally following you around to other states and things like that and putting a bounty out on you and Mm -hmm. tracking your Mm -hmm. menstrual cycles and again uh, it's also no consequences for men right it's not even like if i drive my girlfriend to the clinic i'm not part of the conspiracy right so that's what makes this system work is being able to put all of the burden only on women Mm. If a man was ever prosecuted for like driving his girlfriend to an abortion clinic across state lines, you'd have a male rebellion in this country. Mm-hmm. Or if they or if they barred our access to condoms at the gas station or any of this kind of stuff that women are having to put up with, you would have an absolute revolt in the streets. It's true. Yeah. One of the things you said there that really stuck out with me is that it's the formation of a religious police, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is exactly what they have in Iran. They have a morality police that are basically this decentralized group of people that are very un- much untrained that regulate people and they, the morals of people, and mainly women, and try to, you know, protect the gender apartheid that's happening in Iran right now. So this is this is the beginning of that. This is like the beginning of like empowering people with their religious zealotry and and having the backing of the federal government. This is what's so insane about this. And those apps they're talking about, we'll get into those later in the series. Those fertility apps, those menstrual apps, those uh, you know, ones that say like, "Oh, this time for your ovulation." I love ovulation. those apps. Yeah, those Love are them. helpful. You apps, can right? take those away. You can pry those from my cold, dead hands. I need that. App. <laughs> I need that app. <laughs> but if you like, who makes that? Do you know who makes that app? I have no idea. It's exactly. I use Clue, and um, okay. it says it's run by women allegedly. So that's the thing. Some of these things, again, we'll get into this later in the series. But some of these places are funded by pro-life investors, and who knows what they're up to? Who knows what they're using this data for? No one's reading the fucking terms and conditions on these things. So they can use this data for a variety of different things. And in places like, yeah, Oklahoma or Alabama that that criminalize this stuff, you could be tracked. I mean, it's it's a reality. We could find examples if they're out there. I don't think they've had enough time to actually come into effect and have people get civilly prosecuted or civilly sued on these things yet. But at the same time, that doesn't matter. This is a law that it's happened. <laughs> I don't know, know how they would is... use that app against me because, like, sometimes I forget to enter it in until like my period is done, and then I'll enter it in. So, like, what someone's let's say I lived in a state that they cared about that shit. Is someone going to come to my house and be like, "Prove you had your period last week"? Like, what? How does that? Well, let's say you say on this show that you had an abortion. Yeah, and you live in the state that has laws against that. Okay. Right? And you say, oh, I last, last month or last week or whatever, I went and did this. Now someone could say, I need to sue. And they would, through the discovery process, 
subpoena your phone record and the app geo tracking data that tracks your location either through that app oh, word, or have you or they could go through that location. app and they could mm. say look Ariel went to another state to get an abortion where mm. it's legal but the conspiracy to do that started in the state where it is illegal so you having the idea and you creating the plan to go have that abortion is what creates the crime which is I mean, that is some fucking handmaidens tale shit. Thought there. crime shit. Wow. Well, yeah. Here we are. Yeah. The only thing that would be cool about it is like if every woman that was trying to get an abortion from Texas just had like Chuck Norris following her around when she's like driving <laughs> to Jersey or whatever. Like and and that we can make that into some kind of action movie. It's like Terminator, but it's all women trying to get to the abortion clinic, uh, but Chuck Norris is following them. As a member of the religious police. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Arnold Schwarzenegger has to fight Chuck Norris off so Sarah Connor can abort John Connor. I would almost prefer this as like a rush hour type thing. I would rather see Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. <laughs> if they're gonna, if it's going to be that. I don't want to see these old men fighting. I want Jackie Chan doing tricks. Hey, man, she ain't ready to be a mom. <laughs> she got to have it picked out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mushu, just some like racist shit first, and then, and then the removal. Yes. Oh lordy! All right. So on on that incredible rush hour reference, uh, we are going to end this first part of this episode. Next week, we'll start with some of the Texas legislatures that put this heartbeat law into effect and how scammy they are. And we'll get into how these CPCs, these crisis pregnancy centers work, and we'll see how they're funded. We'll have some incredible interviews from people all around the reproductive rights space. Ariel will be back with us mm -hmm. at Ariel Lieti. You can find her on all social media at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy at Cena now. Listen, Ariel, thank you so much for being here. I can't okay. wait to see you next week thank as well. You. I also want to welcome Carrie Budge to the Fraudsters team as our new producer. I also want to thank Grant Gordon for the amazing intro music. Wow, so much fun. Great comedian as well. Uh, also great commercial actor. You should hire him. Mm. Uh, Brian, a.k.a. Comedy Artwork for our dope new cover art, which I'm so excited about. And big ups to Demetrios Patelis, our fantastic intern doing legal research for this episode from my alma mater. And as always, at Fraudsters LPN, join our Discord. We'll put the link in the show notes as well. We'll see you next week. This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo, and in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Aukerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts.
Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.